You are now free to fly for free. Hello and welcome to Miles Flying with Yehuda. This is the third week of the podcast and honestly, I'm having a lot of fun with this. Um, I'm enjoying talking with you guys, although it's mostly a one-way conversation, about uh, different credit card topics that particularly interest me. I know we've covered a few beginner topics, um, which probably is great for beginners, and some people who are a little more advanced might find those repetitive, although sometimes, you know, going through a little refresher is good. Um, On our last episode, we had our first guest, Mordechai Charka, from miningformiles.com, his blog where he uh, talks about similar things to what I talk about, um, and uh, shares his love of credit cards and miles and travel. Uh, Today, I'd like to cover a general topic of airport lounges, and there's a lot to talk about there, as with every topic here. Um, We're going to cover some of that. Um, Before that, I'd like to talk about some things as we have started the new month today, uh, yesterday, Um, and that is things that ended in March. Number one, and there were a lot of things that ended. I'm going to highlight some of the things that I felt to be more uh, interesting and, and more relevant to me. Um, and that's, you know, that's just in general what I like to talk about. So number one is that the Southwest uh, has uh, ended the ability to transfer miles from hotel programs to count towards companion pass status. This is a topic I've mentioned a few times so far in the podcast. Um, you could still earn companion pass through credit card spending and the credit card sign-up bonuses, um, but you can no longer earn the companion pass from miles that you transferred in from hotels. The most popular way to do that was through the uh, Starwood and Marriott um, points that have the Marriott travel packages where you would transfer over points and to Southwest from Marriott. And they would not only get you Southwest points, which were enough for the companion pass, they would also get you a free certificate for a Marriott hotel stay. So that has ended as of 3.31. Another item is something we discussed last week with uh, Mordechai Charka from his blog, uh, Mining for Miles. We t- discussed that the American Express p- personal platinum credit card, uh, really charge card, is going up from $450 annual fee to a $550 annual fee. They have added some benefits that they put onto the card, um, including an Uber uh, credit you'd get every month um, and a few other small changes that I did not think necessarily are worth the extra $100 of the annual fee. The card is still worth it for many other reasons. Um, so if you apply now for the personal platinum card, you'll be hit with a $550 annual fee. Um, another interesting thing was that uh, Emirates came out uh, on April 1st and with an advertisement for a new model of an airplane that they are working on uh, creating which was going to be a three triple-decker plane. Currently, there are double-decker planes where you'll have seats at the top, sometimes a bar on the top. Um, But the Emirates ad was said that their new plane is going to be a triple-decker, including a swimming pool and an indoor park and game rooms. Um, I believe you could tell by the date of when they posted that on April 1st that that was an April Fool's prank. Um, But it was quite funny, and they posted some pictures of what it would look like, so uh, that was definitely interesting. Um, And finally, something that came out this past week, uh, unrelated to the end of the month, but uh, Bloomberg came out with an article um, talking about how we, people who sign up for credit cards for miles, are actually what are keeping airlines in business. Um, And they had a research article that came out explaining how 
the airlines get paid more money from the banks that buy their miles off of them than they do from selling seats to travelers. Really a fascinating uh, article. Um, again, that idea is that you think they make money off seats and baggage fees and all those things from selling their tickets, but actually they make the majority of their money from selling their miles to the banks. What does that mean they sell their miles to the banks? Right? If the bank is going to offer you $50,000 for signing up for a credit card, had the bank not $50,000, I apologize, 50,000 miles. How did they get those miles to begin with? How did they get their American Express, the American uh, Airlines miles? How did they get their United miles? How did they get their <clears throat> their Delta miles? Um, and the, uh, the the way that they get that is that they buy those miles from the airlines directly. And so they pay a very, very high premium for those miles. <clears throat> Why is that? Because they want to... Uh, get you to sign up for their credit cards. You're not going to sign up for the credit card if there was nothing in it for you. So you get the sign-up bonus, so you're happy. The bank now has a new customer who they're hoping will not pay their credit card bill on time and will owe them interest. And the airlines are happy because they just made money by selling those miles. Um, you have, you know, uh, my, someone who I've learned a lot of my information from uh, throughout the years, Dan, who I've mentioned before from dansdeals.com. He wrote a very good post on this topic as well. And this is something he's been saying for a long time is that people in sometimes an accusatory tone will tell uh, those who travel with miles, frequent flyer, flyers, that uh, they're taking advantage of the system by collecting all these miles and you know, gaming the system to get credit card bonuses and then traveling in business class and first class and five-star hotels. And, and he has argued since then that airlines make most of their money off the miles. And if they didn't have miles and their miles programs, they actually might even go out of business some airlines. And that's how lucrative the miles aspect of their business is. And so they provide these aspirational awards where you can aim to fly business class for what should be, you know, for extremely low prices in miles in order to encourage you to use them in order to encourage you to fly with them, in order to encourage you to sign up for their credit card, which the bank paid them lots of miles, lots of money for their miles. And so it's a circle uh, that has been created, and uh, Bloomberg has a great article. You can Google it, um, and uh, worthwhile of a read. Okay, now let's move on to today's topic, which is airport lounges. Um, this comes along with, I would say, more of the the luxury aspect of getting credit cards and miles, right? So if your first goal is you want to travel for free, you want to take a short domestic flight somewhere, you want to fly in coach, great. You get miles, you use them, and you didn't pay cash for your flight, and that feels good. Another layer level to the credit card miles earning game is the idea of luxury travel. And so that's why people you know, talk about those aspirational awards of flying business class, first class, internationally, staying at the beautiful, most beautiful hotels in the world for pennies. Um, and part of that luxury travel is the idea of when you're in an airport, spending your time sitting in an airport lounge as opposed to being clustered among all the people who are sitting on seats, you know, cramped together, barely getting an outlet to charge their laptop or their phone, or even sitting on the floor waiting for the plane to uh, start boarding. It's something you'd also see in the movies where they, you know, they're showing off a fancy, you know, lawyer or businessman and they're on their way to the airport and they 
have their little carry-on and they wheel themselves into a lounge with closed doors and food and alcohol and a nice quiet atmosphere, you know. And so they build that up to make these lounges as somewhere that are desirable to go and spend your time on your, you know, while you're waiting for your plane. Um, and I have some thoughts on this. I'm first going to discuss how to get into these lounges, how credit cards help you do that. Um, and then I'm going to share some of my personal thoughts on my experiences in lounges. So the first way to get into lounges and what they're intended for is for their business and premium cabin flyers. Um, you know, when you pay for first class ticket, thousands of dollars here, we'll let you sit in the lounge and enjoy some, you know, some food. I think that that makes sense. That's pretty fair. Surprisingly, when you're in America, um, a, a lot of domestic business class actually will not get you access to a lounge. Um, for example, United requires you to be flying internationally in business class in order to get access to the lounge. If you're flying um, business class from you know Miami to Texas to Houston, you're not going to get access to the lounge. Uh, if you are flying even across the country from New York to Los Angeles in business class, you would not get access to the lounge. And what surprises many people, if you're flying business class from California or from New York on United to Hawaii, to Honolulu, Hawaii, or any of the islands, you actually do not get access to the lounge. Even though that flight is just as long and longer than many of United's other flights internationally, you wouldn't get uh, you wouldn't get access to the lounge. Um, but generally, the idea is that business class travelers do get access to lounges throughout the world. Um, another way to get access to the lounge is by having credit cards. So this is where, you know, this is what interests us the most. Um, actually, sorry, right before credit cards, I'll say also having status with uh, an airline will often get you access to the lounge. And status usually comes from actually traveling a lot by paying cash for your tickets, um, something that's usually uh, you know, targeted more towards business class, business travelers who travel often and frequently, and so they'll rack up enough status miles in order to have access to benefits of having status, elite status that perhaps one day we get to in a, in a podcast episode. Um, but in terms of this, is that people with status often will get access to the lounges. Um, now we're going to go to credit cards, which is what we're here for, right? How can we get better travel for at least, at least amount of money as possible and as least amount of flying for cash? to earn status as possible. So uh, the most common access to lounges with credit cards is a lounge group called the Priority Pass Network. Um, and this is a collection of lounges throughout the world at airports. And uh, you can either sign up and pay several hundred dollars to get access to this lounge, or you can sign up for several credit cards that offer a free subscription to this Priority Pass Network. Those credit cards include the Sapphire Reserve from Chase, the all the platinum versions from American Express, so that's the personal platinum, the business platinum, the Mercedes-Benz platinum, all those cards. The Ritz-Carlton credit card, which is also a Chase card, and the City Prestige credit card. All these offer free access to Priority Pass, um, usually comes with a free guest you could bring along with you, um, and these lounges are spread throughout the world. You'll notice something about all the cards I mentioned is that those are all considered premium credit cards, and they all have a very hefty annual fees of $400 and above. Uh, and that is something that holds people back from getting those cards. But if you are willing to get that card and fork over that cash, that priority pass, you know, benefit could come in a, in, it could come very handy. Um, 
you can check out their lounge network online on their website, Priority Pass, and uh, you'll see how many lounges they really do have throughout the world. They're always adding new lounges that they partner with, and uh, it is a good network. I actually have never found myself using one of their lounges, and that's just simply because I've always been in a place that had other lounges that I wanted to get into instead, and so I have not been to a Priority Pass lounge yet. Um, but some of them are better than others, some of them are nicer than others. Um, you can check that out online. The next credit card that offers access to lounges is the American Express Executive, sorry, American Airlines, keep confusing that today, the American Airlines Executive Credit Card, which is a Citibank credit card. And that gives you access to the Admirals Club lounges, which are American Airlines lounges. And so those are not going to be in every airport, but it'll, you'll have it in the American Airlines hub airports. And uh, so having that card, which again comes with a hefty fee, um, uh, annual fee, several hundred, several hundred dollars, will get you access to the Admirals Club lounge network. Another option is the Centurion lounges, which are lounges that were actually opened only within the last couple of years by American Express directly. The way to get in is by having an American Express Platinum card. Again, that's a card with a hefty annual fee, but it gives you access to these lounges, and they are slowly opening them up in more and more locations. LaGuardia in New York has one. San Francisco has one. Hong Kong now has one. Um, and so they are opening those up slowly more and more in more airports. Uh, then you have uh, two other examples I'll give you, and it could be I'm missing some lounges here, but United has United Club lounges in their hub airports, and the uh, way to get into these is by having the United credit card. So having the credit card itself does not get you in. Now, this credit card only costs $95 annually, so that's actually nice. It does not automatically get you in, but it does come with two passes to, to get in every year so that as part of your $95 annual fee you will get two passes to get into the lounge every year uh, that's a chase credit card another chase credit card is the united club credit card and that per its title gets you into united club lounges and that just by having the card will get you in you don't need to wait for your passes to come in the mail and uh the uh again this card has a hefty annual fee um Interesting point to note is that even if you don't have those passes on you specifically, you could take a picture of them, and you almost always can get into the lounge by showing a picture of the front and back of your of your passes. So it's good just to take a picture of that and have that on your phone in case you ever forget to bring your passes with you. Uh, one requirement that was recently implemented by United is that you must be flying United that day in order to get into the airport, in order to get into the lounge. It used to just be as long as you had your passes with you, it didn't matter what airline you were flying. Now it does matter, and you need to be flying United. In uh, the last lounge I'll mention is the Delta Sky Club lounges, um, which again you'll see spread throughout, uh, specifically in Delta hubs and. One way to get into them is by having the American Express Platinum Card. So the Platinum Card gets you into a whole slew of lounges. You get priority pass access, you get access to all the Centurions that have been opening up, and you also get access to the Delta Sky Club lounges. Um, so that's how you get into them, right? Now, let's discuss what the benefits are of getting into a lounge. So number one, the idea is that you're not cramped by the gate with everybody else waiting for the flight. Rather, you're supposed to be in this luxurious room that's closed door, that has more spread out seating, more comfortable chairs, a lot more outlets to use. Um, and then obviously one of the most popular aspects of lounges is that there is food for you. Um, as someone who only eats kosher food, 
this benefit is usually not so applicable to me. I find particularly in America, most of the food is prepared, which is very nice, prepared by chef, and you can get hot eggs in the morning, and you can get fresh, you know, uh, uh, pastries and other foods and that have been uh, prepared for you in the lounge and, you know, unlimited buffet usually. Additionally, there's always a bar, and in most lounges, uh, the, the bar is free. So for those who who like to drink a lot or get a drink before their flight, you know, it's great to get, it's nice to get, you know, a nice selection usually of free drinks. Um, plus you have all this food. For the kosher traveler, I have not found too many options in America at the lounges I've been to. Uh, there's fruit, which is generally kosher. Um, and uh, internationally though, I have seen sealed bags of chips to take. I have seen cans of soda, bottles of water. While you will have drinks and you can go to the bar in American lounges to get a soda, to get some water, I've not really seen canned or bottled, which means, you know, you can't really take it with you and it's just a drink right there. Um, and, you know, it, sometimes it is nice to grab a snack with you to go. Um, a lot of a lot of lounges, uh, I think it's safe to say a lot, have showers in them and uh, you can usually sign up for, you know, a sheet to get a you know, when it's your turn to get in the shower and they, they usually have a staff that will clean out the shower after each use. And for some people, they think it's great to be able to, you know, shower and freshen up before or after a flight on their way, perhaps to a business meeting. I actually have never found myself in a situation where I wanted a shower in the airport. Um, either at the beginning of a trip, I showered right before I left home. At the end of a trip, I want to get home as soon as possible. I'm not interested in spending more time in the airport. I could hear if you're on a a stopover and you have a good couple hours in the airport, not enough to go out and see a city, but you know, you want to just sit in the airport, perhaps taking a shower, then it might give you a little bit of a refreshment. Um, as you get internationally, you'll find some nicer lounges and you'll even find some entire terminals that are dedicated to first class passengers. And specifically, you'll see that in Frankfurt. If you're flying on Lufthansa first class, you'll get access to the first class terminal. Um, and people, I've not been there myself, but people say that it is quite an experience and you get pampered. So it could be that some lounges throughout the world are more like the movies and some, uh, as you'll see in some American lounges, uh, American, the country, not, not American airlines. Uh, and some of them are pretty, you know, not much different than sitting at the gate. Um, and so therefore, you know, there are some cons as well to being in the lounge. Uh, some lounges are before security, before TSA. And I find that to be annoying because you want to spend time in the lounge, but you have to budget your time to make sure you get to the gate in time. And who knows when you walk out there whether the line will be very long or not through security. Now, if you have TSA pre-check, um, which comes as a benefit uh, with many of these uh uh, high annual fee cards that we've discussed, the city, the reserve, the platinum cards, the Ritz cards, they come with the uh, statement credit for purchasing the uh, TSA PreCheck global entry, skip the line at security passes. Um, and so if you, if you have a lot of those, so you're in the, in the, you're in the lounge before security, you know that generally you can run through security in five minutes with those, with that uh, TSA PreCheck, but then you're still not exactly sure how far your, your gate is from there. It, there's a lot of factors that go into catching your flight, even when you're checked. And to have a lounge before security um, is not something I really am too fond of. Another thing is that as opposed to the movies where they make it seem like in a lounge, you sit there and someone will come and announce, 
oh, flight, you know, 222 to California is now boarding. You know, they don't really do that. And so it's your responsibility to be checking the TV screens to see when you're boarding, to see if your flight's been delayed at all. And so you're trying to relax in the lounge, but you're also, if you're the type of person who's a little bit, you know, organized and cautious about missing your flight, you're focusing so much on that and trying to figure out how far you are from your gate and how much time you need to leave yourself that sometimes that becomes a little bit stressful. Um, in some of those international lounges, like the Lufthansa First Class Terminal in Frankfurt, you'll actually have a private chauffeur who will come and pick you up in the lounge and take you directly to your plane. Um, you'll have that in Abu Dhabi as well, uh, with flying some of those uh, the airlines like Emirates and Etihad that fly out of there. And so when you have an experience like that, then you're a little bit more calm in the lounge and you're not worried about missing the flight, getting to the gate on time for boarding and all that stuff. Uh, here's my opinion when it comes down to this. If you're a drinker and you enjoy getting yourself a drink, a free drink in the lounge, definitely seems worth it. If you're the type of person that's traveling a lot and taking a shower in between flights, before a flight, after a flight, is really something that you would appreciate, that's a great benefit too. If you don't specifically eat kosher, then I think it's a no-brainer. I mean, you got free food right there. Why should you spend money at the expensive airport restaurants? If you're a solo traveler and you're on your own schedule, you don't have kids with you, you don't have friends with you, I could see the benefits of getting quiet in a lounge. Uh, the lounges sometimes get pretty full, and so walking in with five people and expecting to find a group of five seats next to each other is not so simple. If you're just one person, you could plop yourself down wherever you find a seat. Um, and uh, I'll share my wife's opinion as well. My wife is not so into these lounges. We've gone to a, our, our fair share of them on our travels, and she's the type of person that wants to make sure she's at the gate, not just on time, but early, ready for boarding. And as I personally try to cut down our time spent in the airport, and so when we, while we first might have started our travels by making sure we were always in the airport two hours before a flight, we've cut that down to an hour and a half, sometimes only an hour before the flight. So by the time you check in, check any bags you might have, find your way to the lounge, Boarding is usually a half hour before a flight, so you only have a couple of minutes in the lounge. She doesn't personally think it's worthwhile, usually, to get in there. Um, and I generally tend to agree with her. If I pass by a lounge and I see it's on the way to the gate anyway, or it's right after security, I do enjoy sitting in there for a couple of minutes, maybe getting a drink, seeing if there's anything I can snack on. Um, so really, I base it on, my, on each time I'm there. I'm grateful for having the passes that I have, to get into the lounges so that if I ever do need it, um, if I was ever delayed for a long time, that would really be great. Um, but sometimes the lounges are just nowhere near your flight. I fly Southwest a lot. And they don't have a lounge network. Um, and sometimes the other lounges in the airport are nowhere near the Southwest gates. And so therefore, to me, it's not worth it. So I base it on uh, the situation at hand. I bring my passes with me on every flight I take. I always have it in my carry-on, just in case I'm in a situation where I would find it beneficial. But it's not something I specifically look out for to try to enhance my vacation and my travels. Um, you know, that's all for today. This was a little bit, of, you know, uh, a topic that I think is something that people hear about, like, oh, airport lounges, you know, one of the great benefits of credit cards. It makes you feel a bit more luxurious in your travels. And... Don't get me wrong, it definitely does, especially the first couple of times you walk in there and you feel like you don't belong, who am I? Um, and uh, for some people it's great, for some people it's not. And for me, myself, again, I sometimes like it, I sometimes don't. Please make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on SoundCloud. 
we have access to it in both places there. You can find links to both our subscription platforms on milesflying.com. You can also find us at milesflying on Twitter. Um, and of course, you could search for us on Facebook at milesflying. Thank you for listening, and uh, until next time. <laughs>